Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse Heater and MJ. In this week's episode, we will be discussing Netflix's 14th film, the 2016 mockumentary Mascots. It's directed by Christopher Guest, starring Jane Lynch, Parker Posey, Fred Willard, Ed Begley Jr., Christopher Moynihan, Don Lake, Zach Woods, Chris O'Dowd, Bob Balaban and Jennifer Coolidge. Wow, what a what a list of uh, cast to realize. Such a big cast. Word of cast. It can't be bad. Can it? Can't be bad. This is our first documentary. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> mockumentary. How are we feeling today, boys? About this one? It was. It's good to see, you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to talk <laughs> about the film yet. Yeah. Or? <laughs> I made I made a mockumentary when I was in Year Twelve as my uh, VCA media, and actually he uh, helped me film it. Do you remember that? Because I think you were 18 and you had a car. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. And firstly, mockumentaries are really hard to do, and I watch it now, and I just cringe every time I watch it. Can we do a podcast on it? We <laughs> <laughs> can get more stars than this. But watching this film, watching this film just made me cringe even more because I was sort of, in, in a small way, been there as well, and it's, it's, it's such a hard thing to get right, and when you get it wrong, it looks so bad. Like, it's... So it sounds like we're going to have a positive discussion today so far. <laughs> hey, to hit us off with uh, your fast flicks. Tell us your 30-second summary of the film. All right. So Mascots is a mockumentary about sporting mascots from all over the world as they come together to compete for the Mascot Championship Gold Fluffy Award. Nice, concise. Mm. Fast. <laughs> My fast flicks. Very fast flicks. One of the more half ass put-together films I've seen in a long time. Poor writing, acting, and characters make this mockumentary about sporting team mascots competing at some sort of mascot world champs cringeworthy and embarrassing. A really slow ninety minutes. Ooh. All right, I'm I'm going to go the quickest out of all of you today. So I've gone a bunch of misfit sports mascots from around the world descend on Anaheim for the World Mascot Championships. Who will take out the title? Who cares? <laughs> Not the first time you've asked a question in your fast flicks. I know. Did you write who cares? I did write who cares. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that you wrote a bunch, like straight away you're just like, I don't care. Yeah. About right, so so I bought a prop today. I bought a photo of all the characters because yeah, there the are podcast. so many characters in this. I know that visually this is not gonna be good for you guys, but literally I've got a, all the characters dressed up as their yeah. um different mascots so I can work out exactly who we're talking about because I struggled with this one to tell you the truth I struggled last week too I did two weeks in a row I don't care about any of the characters just, you could at least talk about what they were dressed up as yeah like, you've got, got a, a colour it's a colour photo too so that a plumber and a fist it's a lot of ink there a lot of ink a lot of ink but I needed those colours to help me um, feel alive in this film it's a good print job too yeah not too bad not too bad so I'm going to go along like similar to what I did last week I, I I'm going to struggle to remember the character's actual names. So I'm going to call the... We've got the teacher couple. Right. I'm going to go the Poms. Yeah, Cindy, I called him the Pom, Pom in a lot of my references. Yeah. Cindy and Lacey, the Amadillo. Yep. The Irish-Canadian ice hockey dude. He's the fist. The Can't fist, okay. Fist. Well, we're yeah. going to call him fist. And then Phil the plumber. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say. All right. I like it. And then you've got like the judges. The ju- yeah, the Jane judge. Lynch. Jane Lynch, yeah. And from Glee and, yeah, and the other two judges. Oh, he was a judge, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So this isn't really working for people that can't see the Sorry, photo. But, <laughs> but props are great. Props are really good. If they've seen the movie, they'll know what we're talking about. Exactly. So sucks for them, though. Someone hit us off with something interesting about this film. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's screened at the 2016 Toronto International Film Festival, which I feel like we had a few movies that have uh, screened at that Toronto Film Festival. Also known as TIFF. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> 
Sorry, that was an interesting fact. Cool. It's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to put a photo of this photo on our um, social media platform so people can actually see what... We are very good with photos on social media. Yeah, yeah. So people can actually see this uh, photo that we're talking mm. about. What else? Filmed mostly around LA. I think there was a little bit in London, but mostly filmed around LA. Yes, definitely. Um, one thing that I picked up on was um, the voice... Um, and, and the actual competition, the, there was like the voice of the announcer going over the top. I'm like, that voice is so familiar. Yeah. Simpsons. Yeah, Simpsons. Harry Shearer. Yeah. yeah. So also it does Ned Flanders, Mr. Burns, uh, Smithers. But it reminded me Principal of Skinner. the first True House of Horror with um, Bad Dream House, where he like voices the house. And because obviously it's like a voiceover. Um, yeah. I felt like uh, the whole thing was Bad Dream House. Like, make the walls bleed. Come on. No, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,. Christopher Guest is a pretty well-known director. Known yeah, for mockumentaries. Mo- known, yeah, this is his fifth yeah. mockumentary. This is his thing. He knows what he's doing. He gets and he, it. He pretty much uses the exact same actors and cast for, for all of them. Is this his final tap not like the most famous mockumentary, mockumentary ever? Yeah. Like, and and so, he wrote that. But. And he, he co-wrote this, but then I was reading and apparently a majority of the dialogue was just improvised by the actors. Well, th- I was reading somewhere where he says that when he hires a new actor, as you said, he does hire a lot of people that he used before. Yeah, when he's yes. hiring a new actor, rather than giving them a script to work on, he just chats with them for half an hour, gets a feel for them. And he reckons they walk out of there thinking, what the hell was that? Mm. But he, because a lot of his stuff isn't literally sitting down reading a script, yeah. uh, he wants to get a vibe for whether they can play a certain role. Right, okay. so that, yeah. That's kind of how he does it. Um, but I, I felt this film... The, the two camera pieces that they were when they were talking to camera felt so scripted and so monotonous oh like, yeah. yeah like you could tell they were like reading a piece of paper yeah, yeah I agree with that um critical consensus on this one this one actually had 45 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes like from critics which I thought that's probably one of the so highest reviews compared to, to what other movies a lot of the previous ones I really think comedies on Netflix a lot more people would watch. It's such an easier sell to sit there and go, I'm going to spend an hour and a half and try and have a laugh on something that I'm sitting on my couch to watch. Yeah. Which yeah. is probably why more people watch. Like, this was the same on um, Letterboxd. A lot more ratings than other things. It was, yeah, it was four and a half thousand votes on Letterboxd. Yeah. I'm sitting on 49% votes. Uh, votes. <laughs> ratings. <laughs> ratings. 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 49% on Rotten Tomatoes, so um, that's rotten, I'm pretty sure. 40 what? 49. 49. I'm pretty sure that's rotten. 2.8 stars on Letterboxd. <laughs> it's um, pretty mixed reviews from critics. Yeah. There, there's a lot of people that really liked it though. I thought it, it was funny. It, it seems like kind of a, a niche market. If you like his previous films, I feel like a lot of people did like him, but there was also quite a few who said that this was quite a fall compared to his previous documentaries. So it really did seem mixed. The ones that the ones that liked it and the ones that yeah went, no, this was, this was crap. Again, though, this is Netflix giving directors the opportunity to do things that they otherwise might not have had yeah. the creative license to do. Mm. Um, and I think Christopher Guest is an interesting one because he is a guy who's been around for a very long time. He really enjoyed the idea that he could do things on his own terms. I think he had like one meeting with Netflix. He never went to their studio. They were just kind of like, here's your money, off you go. But on the flip side, as a director who's been around for a long time, I think he misses the opportunity to get a projector on the big screen and, and get people to see it as well. So he can see both sides of the story there. Um, but I think that's, as, as we've spoken about previously, it is the beauty of Netflix and that's why we're going to see a lot more films mm-hmm. that otherwise we wouldn't have seen because yeah. we've got someone with that full creative license. Yeah. It gives them so many 
opportunities just to, to showcase kind of what they want to do. Yeah, like we spoke before, so debuted at the Toronto Film Festival and then I think it went and played the London Film Festival like the month later as well before it hit Netflix on the 13th of October 2016. So um, like I think they yeah, they gave it this opportunity and that's probably why it's got more reviews and ratings as well because people would have gone to these film festivals and, and you know wanted to get in and write about um, what they saw as well. Um, there were a few things in like some connections there. They kept mentioning this Highway to Heaven TV show from yeah. 19, 1984 or something. I have no idea what that show is. I just thought it was like written in for the um, purpose of the movie. The movie is it okay. real, is it? I'm pretty sure it's real. Oh, okay. It's no. a real TV show. Like, um, never heard of it before. Yeah, okay. No, Maybe we're showing our <laughs> youth this time. <laughs> we're feeling young. We're feeling alive. None of us are born before 1984. Shh, take it away. Uh, um, awards I think this, this actually was nominated for some awards they got nominated for um, the Hollywood Makeup Artist and Hairstylist Guild Awards in 2017 for the best contemporary makeup mm. interesting which I found weird because a lot of them were in um, costumes so does, does that count like the costumes like? Armadillo had a bit of makeup didn't she Armadillo did have a bit of makeup she got all the we're using our prop again so we can see what they look like she had all the like the tattoo type stuff across but her is that kind of award kind of kind of based on, on the costumes they made or is that something would that be a different award just a contemporary makeup so to me makeup is yeah, not, like, not costume not costumes because yeah, yeah, it would be costume design <laughs> not, so. yeah okay interesting very weird um, sounds strange anything else that we can talk about before we talk about our character likes and dislikes Christopher no. Guest's son was actually a mascot yes in high school um, and whilst I don't think this was purely based on that, I think it planted the seed. Yeah, if you have got a guy who's famous for writing documentaries, I could see, the, yeah. I can see the ticket in your mind going, "Oh, mascots, hey, like, <laughs> what can I wear? This can be, this can be funny." Yeah. I didn't really care about any of the characters in this film. I think I probably made that pretty clear, and there was no development in any of the characters really as well. It was just like a quick little flash about their lives, and that was it. That was that was the worst. So the the opening. 10 minutes to 15 minutes when you get introduced to all the characters, they were all terrible, terrible scenes. Yeah. Terrible. And as, and it goes to the point about when they were talking to camera, I, I just felt like it was so scripted. It was not natural. I didn't believe any of them. The thing is the very first scene of the film was that their married couple in the doctors. Doctors, thing. yeah. And I'm like, that was kind of funny. That was better than any other scene that I saw for the next half an hour. So I thought that was weird. She's like trying to pick his ear and... Uh... But that was... But I, I kind of like the idea of them like he's got this like a bruised knee but he's in the hospital because he's got a mascot competition I thought that was kind of funny to set it up yeah. um, they felt a lot more natural than it did when everyone was talking to camera and I would have liked to have seen more of that at the start rather than just these awful scenes yeah. just saying, I didn't like any character that hated them all pretty much I mean I think the opening scene is here with Zach Woods and I don't like Zach Woods I really don't like him in, in things. So the movie opened with that and I was like, oh, okay, this guy, here we go. And it just, yeah. Just so is Zach, is Zach Woods the, Zach the Woods teacher? Is yeah. Mike? Is it Mike, the teacher? He's the guy in, yeah. the, in, in the doctor's office. Like the actual doctor? No, the yeah, yeah, patient. No, the patient, yeah. The, yeah. So he's the he's teacher. Got his wife, Mike, yeah. got the, um, Mike and Mindy, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so Mike, yeah. So Mike. that's Zach Woods. I only know him from the league. What else? He's in the office. Ah, uh, okay. In, he's in the UK version of the office. Um, he's bad. He's funny in the league. Plays Lane in the league. Um, mm. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, I recognise this guy. So I was, I was a little bit, um, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, you know good things about Christopher Guest. You know his name and, you know, you know Spinal Tap. You know the big picture. You know these big films. So to me, I was a little bit, yeah, let down because I thought, oh, this, this could be all right. So I didn't even know he directed I didn't even check that he directed it. I didn't know this until afterwards. 
because I was watching this film thinking this person has no idea how to make a mockumentary. That is honestly mm. how I felt. Like this is shocking, and obviously he does. I just think he got yeah. it so wrong. A lot of watching him was just it was hard to watch sitting there and almost got my head in my hands going, "Oh my god, like is this really happening?" <laughs> but I think these watch. roles they're really hard roles to do as an actor. It's mm. really hard to get. And you know what? I actually thought John Michael Higgins who plays. Um, from the gluten-free channel. Oh, they were yeah. trying to get the gluten-free channel to, to televise. Yeah. Yeah. So guy he's fired up. Guy from Fight Up yeah. and guy from Pitch Perfect. When he came on for the first time and started doing it, I believed him. He was the first person I... Because he's mm. done this before, so he's got the bit of like that... And it's the same character he plays in every film, but he's got that pedigree of knowing how to sell a character like that. And I was like, finally, someone who gets their role and understands it. He stood out, and I thought Jane Lynch stood out because... That's when I maybe thought maybe if they had a better actors doing this stuff, more believable actors, it might have worked a lot better. I read a, I read a couple of things that um we're talking about Eugene Levy um yeah, from yeah. American Pie. Yeah, he's in most of yeah his, his previous work, saying that he could have added that little bit of extra yeah. um oomph to. That. I read that too. I didn't yeah because he um, they kept talking about him in Best in Show was really good or something. Yeah, yeah. I I can't imagine like I I feel like they got this cast based on the director like not based on the script or the storyline or the outline like it was yeah it would have been this just the director's going to always his previous cast in the last movie hey I'm making a new movie and you're all in like oh yeah alright cool yeah I'll be I, honest I know we didn't like the characters but I didn't mind the British guy Owen Jolly Jr which mascot was he sorry he was Sid the Hedgehog oh okay yep so yep. he had a bit of a Ricky Gervais feel to me he's that real awkward humour I actually got my first laugh when he mentioned that he's only got one ball. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Having one ball is not funny. How is that funny? Why is it not funny? I though? didn't laugh once in this whole film. It wasn't funny. I, I like that. I thought he was pretty good. I actually thought his comedic timing was pretty good. I, I thought he did quite well. And I, I liked him. So, I, and I, but I, have to, I have to say that. I didn't like the setup with him and his dad, though, with that ladder, the whole thing. It was so obvious where it was going to go. <laughs> it was obvious, like, dad's like, no, I don't want you to use the ladder in your thing. And then it's like this whole, like, story of oh should I use the ladder should I use the ladder of course he's going to use the ladder at the end and of course everyone's going so to that was the only thing I did like about the film <laughs> is that the ladder story yeah I, obviously you knew it was going to happen but yeah. you didn't know what he did on the ladder and he didn't really do anything on the ladder no, but the whole time I'm like I want to know what he does on this ladder and as soon as he came out with the ladder I'm like good this is this is what a payoff that I want I didn't mind the ladder thing I thought it was like the, well, he was probably the most developed character out of all of them because he, he actually had that yeah, story yeah. where he overcame he had the backstory yeah. Like, yeah he stopped listening to his dad he's yeah. yeah. that ladder thing was the one recurring thing throughout the film where I'm like <laughs> if, if I'd have turned up right now I'd have been like I wonder what he did on that ladder like that, that, that got me in how did it end up in the end <laughs> <laughs> what else stood out for you then because uh, I've, I, I struggled to find something that's that stood out, um, and I had to think really hard and go back and go, okay, what did I really like? So there was one of those horrible scenes where um, the teachers Mike and Mindy um, were sitting there and they were talking about um, their watchword was being commitment and how committed they are to each other. And we know that he's got a bit of a, uh, a, a prying sort of eye. <laughs> Went off with the, uh, yeah, so, the armadillo. Yeah. So, they, they, so they're sitting there talking about the watchword being commitment and then she goes into, however, he has slept with someone. And then the, yeah. there was this segue and it went straight to um, that Cindy chick checking in at the airline. It was obvious, okay, so Cindy's this this chick on this mascot sort of trail. Yeah. And I thought that was that was the, the highlight for me was that there was a segue. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Just a clever segue. That was what you enjoyed. Yeah. That was what stood out for me. 
<laughs> that was your positive. That was my one yeah. positive that I could come up with. There was another thing that I laughed at. Um, I didn't the, laugh once. The other judge that wasn't Jane Lynch, um, his name was AJ. Who got really annoyed at her all the time because yeah, because she, she was like actually yeah. famous. Yeah. yeah, but his his story about why he was like. A mascot guy. He did like one gig yeah. as this donkey. Oh yes, <laughs> AJ. Massive, it was cool. It was called AJ. Danny. Danny the donkey. Danny the yeah. donkey with a massive dong. Yeah, because he was cor- no, he was correct and anatomically, anatomically yeah. correct. And he got banned because it had such a. <laughs> and they had that. They had that flashback of a donkey with like a black tape over where yeah. the penis would be. But I was like, well, this is kind of weird. But then he starts talking to the camera about how he was overcompensating. For the fact that you know he's obviously struggling that area, and he goes, you know, what is I, I avoid the you know I avoid the term micro penis, <laughs> and he started talking about some of the groups that he that he goes to called Tom Thumb and Tiny Tim and Pinky <laughs> Promise. <laughs> that, really, uh, I thought all those really small penis jokes were not funny. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I, I, I couldn't. Uh, I thought that was good because uh, I had no idea he was going there, and when he dropped the term micro penis. <laughs> <laughs> was really random and just out there like oh wow that's a big surprise of how that scene went help me accept who I am as a man (laughs) I I probably wouldn't say I liked any scenes but I didn't mind the ones with Zook who plays the Irish Canadian fist ice hockey dude yeah yeah Yeah, the ice hockey guy I didn't didn't mind the stuff with him in it Um, kind of at the start of him explaining you know all the altercations he's been in that, that was okay for me. To me, he's probably the biggest star in this film. Bit massively. Yeah. When I saw him, I'm like, what are you mm-hmm. doing here? Like, he's, um, the I, Sapphires. I, the IT crowd. The IT crowd and forgetting... He's in uh, one, of those, one, one of those knocked up flicks. Knocked up? Something like... He's not in forgetting. It's a romantic Knocked up. He's knocked in a, up. No, he's not in no, Bridesmaids. Nah. Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. He was in one of those... One of those. I what, think it was Seth Rogen sort of... Um, was it Knocked Up? Or was it Knocked Up? He was... I think he was the love interest for... Yeah, man, I, 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 for Kristen Wiig. True. Um, yeah, I was just like totally surprised to see him as that sort of character, I guess, because he's usually in pretty good stuff. <laughs> You're right. It was Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. Yeah, good pick. Good pick. Um, so what what didn't we like about this film? I know this is probably going to take up a, a chunk of our... Um, <laughs> I think I've got... Because uh, this is still kind of talking about characters that we were talking about before. There was a character in it really briefly called Corky St. Clair... Um, who came in when the armadillo was like doing a dance practice and he came to like help her. Mm-hmm. I think he's the worst character I've ever seen on Netflix. <laughs> Would you know who that is? It was the director. And, and the, he's done that. That's the character, the character from, that is. from 1996 mockumentary. I know. I, I, yeah. I realized that afterwards, yeah. but in my notes, oh, I, was watching it, I was literally bad. got out and said, is Corky St. Clair the worst character we've seen on Netflix? And then I realized there's a lot more to him, but he was a shocking yeah, character. So he, he walks in, he explains that he vomited on himself and wiped <laughs> off with a towelette. I'm like, okay, we really need to know that. Before saying, oh, Lacey, you give me a boner, let me check. What, yeah. like, seriously, like, who thinks of that dialogue? Like, maybe that's the improvisation that he runs with. Disgusting. But, it was so bad. And it was a point, I think, this is another thing that I checked, it was a 35-minute mark, because that was when I was like, I want to fast-forward. <laughs> like, I really wanted to fast-forward. <laughs> um, <laughs> go, Heath. Go, go, One of the worst scenes for me was um, Fred Willard, who was the manager of The Plumber, when he's talking with The Worm. The small person. The small yeah. person. And oh. making, making those really bad taste jokes. Yep. I think it was kind of supposed what to be played out that he, that he wasn't aware he was, he was being offensive. Yep. 
but that scene was just so uncomfortable to watch and that was so bad. So great. He's he's real familiar. He's been in a lot of stuff as well. <laughs> he has, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people in this movie have been. That, that, that yeah, scene was totally hard agree. to watch. That was real, in real bad taste. Um, I saw that scene. The other guy in the scene played it really well. He, he did. <laughs> He's yeah. actually a really good character. It was, it was uncomfortable to watch. It was, like, you just shouldn't be put in that into a movie. No. Unless you can really nail a gag there somewhere, which they absolutely did they not. They did not. No. Um, I, so right at the start, um, the Langston Aubrey dude, the president of the, the mascot association, like he was just a nothing character. Like, He's like reeling off all the states of where all the competitors are coming from. And it's like, it was drawn out. That went on funny, far too long. Way too long. It's like, okay, we get it. Like, no need to. I wasn't sure if there was a geographical joke about that as well. Not knowing. Maybe. I thought he was just naming all the ones that were just like directly. Because I've come from everywhere. Everywhere. here. here. I wasn't sure if he was doing that. But then I think, no, it was just trying to open it. it. Um, And you spoke about that gluten-free channel before. (laughs) That, the, the Jessica chick, um, she had like when she was doing a little side talk and she's talking about um, does that smell normal? Yeah, does that smell normal as a show? And then you see these people smell oh, yes. smelling stains on couches. Yeah, what uh, on earth? That was a tick for me as well. Really? Actually. No, that's not because <laughs> I used to work on the show. I was a producer on the show. Does that smell normal? They show there's like a stain on the couch and they smell it. <laughs> Just go poor taste. Does that smell yeah. normal? <laughs> nah. Because there's, there's no stain on the couch, it's going to smell. There were the three scenes that I, <laughs> I like. And then the other one, like it was um, better than the rest of the movie. I would have rather watched an episode of Does It Smell Normal <laughs> than Mascots. Then you got the the ice hockey dude um, in his sort of backstory where he's talking about getting banned from all the stadiums, and he goes up to the owner of one of the teams yeah, yeah, and yeah, starts like dry rooting her from mm-hmm. behind. It's like real poor taste. Like, like, you could leave that to the imagination. You don't need yeah, to. Yeah, he said it. Yeah, he, he goes, said it. I got done for trying to sexually abuse them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that's And then they bad. cut to it. Like, we, don't, it. we don't need to see that. You didn't get that far. Like, no. We got the idea. And that's um, not trying to make it cleaner than it was. Like, if you said I, I sexually abused her, you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, this is pretty significant. It doesn't make it as bad. Yeah. Um, the, and there's a lot of obvious stuff. Well, the, just all all the interviews. Yeah. It's really bad. Just really, really bad. I mean, to, I mean, I'm not a big fan of mockumentaries to begin with, um, but I thought you agreed my one though. <laughs> we need it. We need to get the link out to this uh, mockumentary. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the DVD. It sucks. It's so yeah. Bad. Just the, the interviews in it were just in this were just really bad, and that, they were tough to watch. So like, awkward. Yeah. So awkward. awkward. Um, when um, Jane Lynch's character rocks up at that hotel with the other judge as well, um, and they're checking into the room, oh, and he's like, room. and you, it was obvious that she was going to rock up and she was going to have the room that he wanted. And let's be honest, who says who says where this guy's clearly checking in? Who comes in and goes, oh, by the way, I'm in this room? It's like, no, no, you wait your turn. Yeah, no one ever does that. No, yeah, it was it's a lot of obvious real setups. Um, that was bad. The other one that really like I thought was really unneeded was um, Lacey, the sister. armadillo's sister. Yeah, um, and she was talking to Mike. And she's talking about how she's sort of single now. And she goes, you know, um, I've had three yeast infections since I was divorced. And she goes, the quote, and I quote this, I just want to stick a hairbrush down there and yeah. get it out. Oh, that was bad. Like, I was sitting there going, I'm glad there is no one around here like, yeah. that can hear this. There's, but, there's often times in movies where you think if someone walked in right now, they'd be like, um, excuse me? That what was it, really bad. What did you think about the the fairies, the continuous jokes about these fairies, these animals that are, these humans dressed up as animals for was, sexual pleasure? Was kind of funny the first time. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, is that what they were called? It didn't need it to be the, again and again. I hated it. I hated it. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is going to come back. 
Like, there's going to be something here yeah, that's actually yeah. going to be kind of clever. And then at the end, they got arrested. I'm like, oh, they're going to reveal it to be someone and it's going to be this whole big Scooby-Doo reveal. There was, yeah, there wasn't any reveal. And it's like, so why did you have that recurring thing in the whole film when nothing happened because of it? I feel like that was sort of like maybe when this film came out a couple of years ago, it was, that was like sort of the meme culture. It was like you make fun about these fairies and these... these and there were a lot of like um, CSI shows and um, episodes that dealt with like these, these fairies and things like that. It's just... I don't know. I just... Oh, it was terrible. That was one of my most hated things about the film. I was like, stop treating me like I'm an idiot. Like, we don't need this stuff. I feel like they, they tried to push the boundaries with a few of the jokes as well. Like, when the plumber dude goes to perform for the um, the blind kids. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That was... There was no that need was, for that. That was... That, that, was, that, was, that was bad. And then when um, they, they try to um, kick that armadillo chick out for uh, yeah that was weird as well that was weird as well it was like yeah. some racial thing about the squaw being the, the yeah. little Indian yeah. girl that was offensive and they made all these Indian jokes that just weren't funny but they also they made a point of like we're going to boot her out or we, we've got to go to tribunal but then none of them none of them wanted to boot her out like they could have just chatted themselves and been like hey should we do this no we shouldn't okay, yeah. cool. like, and the scene added nothing because it's not like no. she needed it's not like it had any impact on her performing because she got sick anyway completely unrelated to, to yeah. like that was weird. What so thinking about the actual mascot competition at the end, what were some of the the actual performances or mascots oh. that we met in that one that sort of stood out? Well, that was the kind of thing for me because I, I obviously I, I didn't like this movie, so we're going to put on like, oh, there's going to be a competition at the end, and maybe that will will make it better and that will improve and it'll that that will kind of pay off the film and I'll be okay with it. Didn't like it again. The plumber act was, like was, was, was okay. Like they, 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 they put a lot of thought into yeah. that routine. But one of the crew running yeah. around the stage. That's like, what was yeah. good about it. I'm not, really? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see this. I didn't think there was going to be a poo coming out. <laughs> I can't remember which. I think it might have been the Amadeo one. Just went on oh, for that was so that long. Terrible. That went on for ages. I think in in their defence that was supposed to be terrible. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they played well, that. It was like that interpretive. They could have also cut that a lot shorter. Yeah. I I, I thought the competition yeah, was pretty average. I think they're they making fun of the people that do interpretive dances yeah. that just mean absolutely nothing. Yeah. Did anybody else notice? And this really bothered me when it shouldn't have, because so many other things really bothered me about this film. But when the you know the baseball, the baseball when the the, mm-hmm. the couple were doing the baseball couple, yeah. thing, that when they were practicing, she was right-handed, and when they were competing, she was left-handed. <laughs> ah. She was hitting left-handed because clearly it probably wasn't her in the suit. And I was just like, oh, wow. how the hell do you get away with this? Didn't pick I up didn't, on that. I didn't notice that. That's, that's a great I was like, up. that's not her. Like, oh, that that's really, really annoyed That's a real good pick-up. How do you get that wrong? I, and again, they had like these racial stereotypes, like the Indian cricket team with the pencil and the sharpener. Oh, like, right, yeah. And then there was the, the Jewish, um, like the rabbi. Yeah, was the yeah, rabbi. Where, yeah. Where'd they come from? That is the other it's thing. like, oh, from Israel, from India. Yeah. It's like, because these characters were so, like, you just didn't like care about any of them. I was like, so who's going to win this competition? Like, what, what part of this story is going to be like, this is the winner. This is the guy you've been following the whole time. Like, I don't even know who it was going to be. No. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't really care either. No, neither. No. Um, and also no thought, so after the competition finished they faded to that one year later oh. so give us an update I didn't care we didn't oh, need man. we did not need that update I wrote going. one year later really <laughs> I just just finish it who cares like, we don't need it, to know what they're doing the next year it, it didn't matter it at all bad <laughs> yeah frustrating alright anything else that you want to talk about before we look at were there any themes or anything in this film that was underlying I, I, I struggled with this I say, really struggled I've got written here did it have a theme? Okay, so for themes, I felt like there were so many characters that contradicted each other <laughs> to have any sort there of underlying a message. There so was like, no common theme. We talked about, oh, and the British guy, it was almost like, 
stick to your guns, yeah. you know, you make the decision, which was great for him, but it wasn't the case for anyone else. No, yeah. So it wasn't like this was like this underlying theme. So yeah, I, I found it really difficult to find any yeah. sort of coherent thing. Kind of yeah. So I had to like really think hard and I was like, okay, so what is what are each of these characters' self-awareness about each other? Like what do they actually think about themselves? Um, and to me, that's sort of, it's sort of like this thing where they're all outcasts. You look at them each in their own individual worlds and what they do outside of the mascot thing, and none of them are really didn't really like social sort of people. So Not at all. I don't know if it was like this commentary about you can still be who you want to be, but not really. Like it didn't really. Yeah. It's tough, really tough. Um, but I guess there was like this sort of personal triumph for each of them. Like each of them in that that flashback from the the year later, they all all none of them were critical about competing in this competition. They all use that as a positive mm. bounce, string, uh, yeah, spring, stepping, stepping stone to yeah. do what they want to do in their life. Or <laughs> the um, plumber, he just became like a full time mascot, mascot for like half the wage. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, the the pommy guy gave the mascot back yeah. to his dad, and they had a kid, was- so he's focusing more on life. So there was there was some sort of personal, and you know, the the Irish ice hockey dude was still getting into trouble for <laughs> being with women that he shouldn't be with. Yeah. Like, yeah. None of them, none, none of them regressed, I guess, after the exactly. The, the married couple were pretty bad. Like they stopped. That's the same. It was they stopped mascotting. They clearly hated each other. But that scene where they had to kiss the kiss at the end. Yeah, sorry, we do that. And they got a, a nanny, a nanny yeah. obviously yeah. that oh. um, he was into. Um, so they still were still cringeworthy seeing that. that. <laughs> oh, terrible. Every they were they were probably almost the worst. Those two. They had no chemistry at all. Yeah. So what do we take away from this film? Why? What what was what stood out that was really good or really bad? Well, you know what, it was seriously like the, the longest hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> like it was, I swear, it was really long. I reckon my wife watched seven episodes of Married at First because I was like, at oh, least this will be a short one. No, yeah, it, it dragged. dragged. Oh man, have you seen any other Christopher Guest's no. work? So I, I feel like it was kind of. Like um, the Pee Wee Herman movie we did, it's more of an acquired taste. Like you kind of have to have liked I and feel like seen the previous. Pee Wee actually had a message though. Pee Wee had this underlying sort of I theme. Think everyone was still a bit of a loss. <laughs> everyone was still a loss to find where the comedy was in this. Yeah. I think that was probably the thing that stood out. Yeah, that I, that I sort of read. So many jokes fans. They were still just like, yeah, but it wasn't funny. Like, mm. where, where, where were we supposed to laugh? Yeah. Where did this land? Apart yeah. from a micro penis and a dancing poo, like I, one of the things that I really didn't like was. The characters, like you have all these characters that you're supposed to try and get behind, but none of them really interacted with each other. That's true. Right. They don't. Yeah, they, no, like, they don't talk. So apart from the ice hockey dude sees the pom dude with the ladder in the shop. Yeah, and but speaks to him for a minute. Like, yeah. And there was that one real awkward scene where they're at that Mexican restaurant for the opening or whatever it was. But apart from that, they're all real isolated from each other. That could have been a good opportunity, a missed opportunity for them to actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's great. And obviously they tried to mingle the um, the teacher, Mike guy, yeah. with a few of the girls to sort of show you that he's got that prior eye sort of thing. Yeah. But the rest of them, like, there was no, yeah, very little interaction with each other, which I think could have, they're all isolated. They could have been brought together a little bit more. Very strange. I don't think that watching this on the big screen or anything like that would have made, I'd, I'd just say don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no good time to watch this film. You, you, it's really you, not. You'd be annoyed if you, you paid your money to go to the movies and see similar, this. I know we, we did say let's never speak about Brahman Narman again. Oh, no. It's similar to Brahman Narman where people wouldn't get through this film. You would no. not finish this film unless you were recording a podcast for it. <laughs> I, I, I actually texted Jesse 15 <laughs> minutes into this movie and said, do I have to finish this movie? Because <laughs> it's 15 minutes in and I'm already going, nah, this is going to be bad. Yeah, it was tough. Um, 
did either of you IMDB at any stage? That's the problem with this film, is that there's tons, tons of, of people in it. Yeah. So oh. I did it straight away as soon as the movie started. Mm-hmm. I was like, the the teacher couple, I go, her voice is so familiar. So I searched her up. Her name's um, Sarah Baker, and she's from Bob's Burgers. That was, uh, oh, that was okay. what got me. Uh, okay. She's one of the characters, Mrs. Sel- Mrs. Um, Selber she's, from Bob's Burgers. She's Zach Galifianakis' wife oh, wow. in the campaign. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say real life. I was like, oh, wow. No. <laughs> Have you seen the campaign? No, I haven't. It's very good. Um, that's the first thing I was like. She's clearly her. And same with her husband. I said Lane from the league. league. Mm. I, I, I jumped on for, for Chris O'Dowd because I, I, when he comes on, I'm like, oh, it's Roy. From the IT crowd. Yeah. That's all I know him as. It's Roy. So I'm like, all right, jump on, see what his actual name is and, and what other stuff he's in. Because, yeah, I, I haven't seen him much besides the IT crowd. I had those three. Plus, I had four more. <laughs> so I had... <laughs> so the guy who plays Sol Lumpkin. So I think he was, like, the owner of the team that the teacher's mascot for when he came in with Stifler's mum. Yep. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We haven't even talked about I him. Know, she was my next yeah. one. But he play, he's Bob Balaban. <laughs> yeah. Who's Phoebe's dad in Friends. <laughs> Uh, he's also in Seinfeld. Yes, he is Phoebe's dad. That's, yes. that's what got me. I'm like, yeah. oh, it's like 20 years later, but I remember yeah. that's Phoebe's dad. It's absolutely Phoebe's dad from Friends. You're like Stiffer's mum, and I was like, oh, it's the mum from Cinderella story. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely Stiffer's mum. <laughs> She's not looking great either. No. That's why I had to check. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's Stiffer's mum, but let's yeah. just double check. Then I had, obviously, Harry Shearer yep. from The Simpsons. Yeah. And then the last one I had was Lacey. Um, who's played by Susan Yeagley, who is in Parks and Rec. Yeah. Um, she plays the CEO of Sweetums. Just well, maybe that's why they picked her up. Parks and Rec, similar sort of uh, setup as this film. True, which, uh, but she's a very minor role in Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec I don't think yeah. she has any, like, two camera pieces. So um, that was that, that's the I seriously have seven people on my IMDb list, <laughs> and I'm like, but all these people are kind of good in other things. Like, yeah, hey. and they don't hit the mark either. So bad. So I've got, I've got a couple of questions. Let's do it. I got some questions for you guys. Um, mascots are meant to be funny. Yes. Yeah, they're supposed to be entertaining, it's providing. Supposed be, it's supposed to be entertainment. So why were these ones so unfunny? What What about these characters were just not funny? Well, I, I do think like he was trying to definitely trying to take the piss out of them. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't about them being. If you're a good mascot, I'm sure you've probably got more self awareness to want to enter yeah. the world championships of mascot contests. So these are probably the outliers. Of, of mascots maybe but, I'm giving but, too much but they had like at the at the um, concluding like competition like there's all these all the slapstick sort of stuff they were doing they kept going to cuts of the crowd like laughing hysterically yeah so well, I guess mascots are targeted at kids and you know we're obviously adults I don't find it funny maybe it's the kids that find I it I don't feel like any of these mascots were targeted at kids though oh no. I, I just think well just in general we were saying before how mascots are supposed to be funny, funny and entertaining yeah. they're, they're entertaining and funny at sporting events for children for children. Like, they're also fillers like, they're fillers like, yeah. you, don't, you never go to a sporting event for the mascot for mascot no um like were, were we supposed to care about these characters because I felt like I it, hope not it was a mockumentary so it's meant to be funny but I feel like they were too serious like the character, they were all real serious, and, and it was because again, of their dedication to their. The humor was supposed to be from the fact that they're so serious about this ridiculous mm. job. Um, yeah, they take it so seriously. Yeah, whether we were supposed to care, or we weren't. I couldn't even tell you. I know. I just know that I didn't care for them at all. At all. So terrible characters. Is the film trying to say that people are happier when they take on personas, when they take on characters, when they take on people that aren't actually themselves? 
because I feel like they're all yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're all really happy with what they were doing all people who aren't, aren't happy with their real life so they take on something that they enjoy and makes them happy I guess it's true except maybe the teacher couple because even when they were in their, their, their element they were still um, arguing yeah. and, and disagreeing with each other and then she can switch it as well so yeah <laughs> exactly um, <laughs> what was the um, the demographic that he's targeting with this movie it's a good question because I yeah. I, I feel like no adults should enjoy this movie, but the 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 humor isn't for kids. Um, I was really confused about kind of who, yeah, who he's targeting. That late sort of teen yeah, I reckon because just the, the way, even just like that font and all the colors, you sort of think it's like this sort of teenage comedy yeah. type thing. Um, probably them. I, even the the winners in this film are losers. <laughs> So they might all be winners, but in real life, they're still the losers. The Pommy guy is getting his ladies. He's had a kid. He's no longer a mascot, and he won the whole thing. But what, but instead of being a butcher, now he runs a vegetarian cafe. <laughs> and well, made, it's, it's like the vegan jokes. They're like saying vegetarians, yeah. vegans. Yeah, he said it's easier work, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. You're right, though. Yeah, and I think we touched on this before. My other question I had here was the attempt at the humour about the little person scene. Did it make it okay? And I, I think we all agree that no, it did not. It did not. No. no, I think that's a really tricky thing. To do really bad. Stuff. Yeah. Could you imagine if it was a, um, a racial thing? You know, if mm-hmm. all those jokes were about them being a different skin colour. Like, ugh. Yeah, tough to go there. All right. Are we ready to move on to our ratings for the film? Yeah. 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 All right, let's do it. So... We always uh, give our ratings out of five. You go first, Jesse. I'm gonna go. I will go first because I find it very hard to like anything about this film at all. Um, there are much better modern documentaries, so you can turn on your TV, watch Parks and Recs, watch The Office, and they all do a much better anything job. Anything Chris Lilly's done, and oh, we won't get into the racial stereotypes and that. But anything, anything. Any. <laughs> Summer High Time, We Can Be Heroes. Yeah, those types. Of <laughs> all that's. T- <laughs> yeah, you're right. But, but even the stuff that he does to camera feels so yeah, much, much more natural. Like exactly. you believe that he is this character. Yeah, exactly. So um, I couldn't help but beg for this film to be over. Um, and throughout the 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 week in the lead up to this podcast, I've, I've sort of been <laughs> sussing out with you guys. Like, what's the lowest rating that we can give? Like, on on a, on a film. Um, and you know, there's a little bit of bit of a bit of confusion. Like, do we go with how we go on Letterboxd and and you know, Letterboxd the lowest you can give is half a star. But I don't care what Letterboxd say. Um, I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna say this is. I'm giving it nothing. No stars. <laughs> no stars at all. This does not deserve a star. We make this comparison with Brahman Naman, which um, MJ brought up before. Brahman Naman was actually trying to say something. This stuff wasn't saying anything. So, no stars. Move on next. I should have known. <laughs> well, you watched this film before I did, and I should have known when you were trying to see whether we could do zero stars or not. That was a, that was a hint. Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know this film was like a zero star. Yeah, nothing. Go, Heath. Um, <laughs> yeah, the film was rubbish. I struggled to get through it. it. wasn't funny. It was often awkward and cringeworthy to watch. I give it one out of five. For me, it was just a whole bunch of pointless stuff that happens. There was no message. There were no lessons. It was just a premise that probably felt like an easy win on paper. And I think you can think, hey, let's do a mockumentary about mascots performing at the World Mascots Championship. You're like, yeah, that's, of course, that's that's an easy win. But in reality, it does require a lot of work to get right and a lot of acting performances that just weren't there. So it's a tough craft to pull off um, and they really just phoned this one in. So it's one star for me. It is, it is infinitely better than Brahman Naman. Like, <laughs> Brahman it's Naman. better than Brahman Naman. Oh Definitely. my God. Like, Go back and watch it. But it's still, <laughs> it's still very bad. I can't watch that film again. I, I struggle to watch this film again as well. I think I at least had a laugh in Brahman Naman. 
I don't think this provided any laughter whatsoever. What did you laugh at? It definitely wasn't the um, genitalia in the fish tank scene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it out there now. Can right. stop talking about that problem, Norman? <laughs> All right, he's haunting me. Fill us in. What's our, uh, what's our average rating? average score is 0. 0.67 out of 5. Which Light makes, years ahead of Brahman. Which, which makes it the second lowest movie that, that we've done. <laughs> Good. That's about where it should sit, I think. Um, Mascots. Um, this week, our social media question. I just couldn't even think of anything. So I just want to know from our audience, what scene in this film made you laugh? Because I, I couldn't. I thought you were going to say, what's the worst film you've ever seen? <laughs> <laughs> we I can have that, that as well if you want. <laughs> this week, we reviewed Mascots. We want to know what the worst film you've ever seen is. <laughs> I want to know what scene in the film made you laugh. Did anything make you laugh? Because... I can't think of anything. Dancing poo, micro penis, <laughs> and the fact that he's only got one bollock. <laughs> There's three. There you go. MJ's got three. So um, get on social media. We'll have that question on there during the week. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Flix Forum. Please hit subscribe, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating so other people can see us. Next week, we're going to be looking at the 2016 horror film, I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. It's directed by Osgood Perkins, starring Ruth Wilson, Paul Apprentice, Bob Balaban, and Lucy Boynton. So please take the time to watch the film before Bob our Bal- next episode. Bob Balaban. I bet that MJ's excited about this one. He loves his horror films. He loves horror. I um, just realized that Phoebe's dad's in this one as well. Though. Yeah. So yeah, get on board. Um, watch the film. I feel like we've had a pretty good discussion, boys. We have. It's fun talking it's about it. It's been fun. It's been fun. Even even if we don't enjoy the movie, it's always good to have a chat and catch up. Sometimes sure. it's even more fun to talk about a bad movie together. It can be, actually. You're it right. Can be, yeah. So we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening, as usual. Bye. Cheers, boys.